ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your seats. It's that time of a week again. But this one, we have a showdown of prehistoric proportions. Get ready for our impressions that would even make a T-Rex drool. Get ready for 65. I am your host, Michelangelo, and as always, I am joined with my T-Rex of a friend, Charles. What does that mean? I have little tiny spindly arms. Razor sharp teeth. An enormous head. <laughs> and you you have a thing out, Adam Driver. It's the hair. I don't like the hair. <laughs> actually, I kinda, I'm actually a fan of Adam Driver. <laughs> okay. If we're talking real world, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jumping into 65. So the summary of this film would be after a catastrophic crash. This is just the Google summary, by the way. Sorry, I, I didn't want to actually write anything for this one. Uh, you can already tell from that response what <laughs> what my thoughts are going to be about this. But after a catastrophic crash on an unknown planet, pilot Mills quickly discovers he's actually stranded on Earth 65 million years ago. Now with only one chance at a rescue, Mills and the only other survivor, Koa, must make their way across the, an unknown terrain riddled with dangerous prehistoric creatures. Yeah, this movie is basically Jurassic Park, but shittier i was gonna say cowboys versus aliens except it's uh spacemen versus dinosaur because jurassic park it was it's a dumb good jurassic movie. park because jurassic park actually is intelligent like it has a it has a theme and has a like a real story and a discussion of, of something this movie is it's just a survival movie which actually it made so much sense when i learned who the directors were they wrote a Quiet Place, that oh. series. And I felt like, okay, now it all makes sense. They just made A Quiet Place again. <laughs> That's what this movie is. It's just a really mindless thriller. Yeah, I agree. Episode over. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's it for this episode, everyone. So... Let me tell you the few good things of this film. I think the acting was okay. You know, I think Adam Driver and the child actor weren't terrible, especially like in terms of working with, with child actors. Are you disregarding the entire opening scene? Because that acting was pretty you bad. Mean with Adam Driver and his, his real, like his movie child? Yes. Oh yeah, I'm not thinking about that. I meant like the... the Just Koa. Koa, the child actress that plays Koa. I thought she I, was good. She was passable. And yeah, then I yeah. thought Adam Driver did well for what yeah, he was yeah. given. I think they're like one of the best parts of this film. The other thing, and probably this is the best, best part of the film, is it actually has decent visual effects. I agree. The visual effects actually for it, like the, I almost said aliens because they're not almost dinosaurs. They're like dinosaurs that you never really know of because they're like dino inspired almost besides like the T-Rex. They read more alien, I think, because it's the same effects team as the one for A Quiet Place. Oh, actually, that makes, actually, sorry, that makes total sense, actually, because they kind of do give off a Quiet Place alien vibe. Yeah. Like they look almost... Very similar to that. They probably just took that model and then altered it and made it more dino. And then they're like, there we go. That's that's it. Yes. I think in particular, some of the dinosaurs towards the end really read that way. That T-Rex looking dog. Like it looked like a T-Rex with front arms that yeah. ran on all fours, which yeah, is yeah. very weird. I, it was I, weird. 
I don't know if it's a real dinosaur or not, but it read very weird. They were definitely weird. Which also, none of them had feathers. Isn't it like a known thing now that, that dinosaurs had some feathers on them? Well, let me put on my like <laughs> archaeology hat for a minute. <laughs> All right, Dr. Charles. So there is this this thing in archaeology, in particular, really, really old archaeology, <laughs> where we don't actually have any idea what anything looks like. We are guessing that these things look this way based off of very limited fossil evidence. And because of that, we make all sorts of assumptions, usually relying on the fact that we know that there's a genetic relation between like modern day lizards and dinosaurs of the past. So we make the assumption that they just look like really giant lizards, but we actually have no idea because we don't have any surviving skin. We don't have any surviving pictures. And in particular, there is this weird thing that happens in a lot of archaeology. I, I can't remember what it's called exactly, but basically it's this thing where they take out all of the fat and all the musculature and they just add a layer of skin over the bones. And so everything that we see that we like pre-visualize out of from the bones ends up being this weird like skin, like emaciated, skinny, bone-like creature instead of what it probably actually looked like which is very different so like there's this book that uh is very famous that i have to look up now give me give you one minute <laughs> i want to recommend people look at this book okay i'm, it, I'm curious i want to look at this book yeah it's this paleo artist named cm coastman uh i'm sending you a link and he he just breaks down what this uh the 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 assumptions that are made that go into why we think dinosaurs look the way they do when we really okay. don't actually have any any actual idea. It's uh, All Yesterdays. This was also inspired by a previous book that he made called All Tomorrows, which is a book that it uses assumptions about the futures of humanity to make hypothetical guesses on what humans could look like in millions of years from now, 10 millions of years from now, you know, whatever. And so you have all these really, really bizarre, vaguely human things that are possible evolutionary lines that we could follow. Very cool. Very weird. So continuing back on this, which is, I guess I, I kind of maybe derailed it by, by making fun of their, their reptilian look. But besides those two points, I think everything else about this film was not really good. Yeah. Not terrible, in fact. And I, I want to tell you my biggest uh, my two biggest things about this film that i hated or i, I dislike so the two biggest things because i even underlined this in the movie theater on my notepad number one location i just wrote this in, in my notes location confusing yes i couldn't understand at any point where they were because the the scene changed so much and i don't understand it like it was like you're in a forest, you're in a desert, you're on the beach somehow, you're in a cave, you're back on a mountain, you're in the forest, you're like in a like a geyser area. And I'm like, how is all these things so close to each other? And even when he goes from the ship to which like seems like it's like in a swamp forest kind of thing, and he goes and climbs a tree and like looks at where the crash is, where they need to go, you only really see forest. So where, yeah. where is all of these other locations coming from and how, how does that all work? Like, I don't understand it. And I, like, they'll be, they'll be running, like the little girl will be running and she's like running in the forest and it'll cut to him and he's like running on a beach. And I'm like, where is he running? 
and where is she running and how are they gonna in the next scene they just like oh i'm right here i'm saving your life what how does that even work that was my biggest thing i was like this doesn't make any sense they're like oh this scene this area looks kind of cool this area looks kind of cool well i guess we'll like figure it out in post and someone will edit it together and that'll make sense but it doesn't it didn't make any sense to me i you could almost edit this entirely out of order too and this is this was my biggest pet peeve with this movie is it feels like a series of scene ideas that didn't get edited enough to make them have growing developing tension because if this movie had wherewithal to like try and develop the tension i think it could have been serviceable you know like like a fun action survival movie but the problem is is that all we get are these moments of action that have no repercussions down the line whatsoever and we don't get any kind of ticking time clock or or any kind of thing that develops or grows the tension or makes makes this feel like more of a journey like these characters have to get there by this certain time until like halfway through the movie like over halfway through the movie when they get that really <laughs> I thought this was the funniest thing about the movie was the uh the fact that his ship causes the extinction <laughs> of the of the dinosaurs when it knocked into the asteroid and knocked it off course and made it plummet into the earth. Wait, is that what they were That's that's that... what his ship did. Yes. Is that what they were saying? I yes. Thought... <laughs> I thought he was going there and then he just ran into the meteor that is also crashing into Earth. No, he the meteor, he rocked it. He he knocked it out of whatever meteoric alignment it was on and caused this to happen. <laughs> oh, man, it, I, I missed that, I suppose, because I was like, man, that's even makes it worse. That's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Which is also, I don't know if this is a good time to say this, but this also doesn't make sense. I'm going to go jump all the way to the end where when the meteor hits that area, that entire area is gone. It's like destroyed. Do you know of like the Chicxulub crater? Yeah, the giant crater. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much they think that this is the crater where the the meteor hit back in time uh during the, the jurassic period or wherever i know I'm, I'm probably i'm not a i'm not indiana jones i don't know my or i'm not ross i don't know too much about the different periods i believe you are correct it is the jurassic but period whenever the meteor hit supposedly the crater is 110 miles in diameter if you're in overseas it's 180 kilometers, kilometers. wide and 12 miles so in the end of the movie, when they escape and it, it hits into like, it blows up everything as if like a nuke destroyed it, it will like, it goes through 65 million years of time and it shows how this place that they once were is just like Ohio or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, that whole area is just a hole in the ground because there is no way that that happened. It also doesn't make any sense like the timeline of events like the larger timeline who the fuck is he he's clearly a human but they're like in in like the future somehow yeah. and he somehow manages to like pass back into time 65 million years into the past no like, i don't think so i don't think that's what it was i think they're on a different planet where they all 
happen to look exactly like humans and I guess speak English. So they're like a future, they're an advanced society that is not from earth in the past, in the past, like, like star Wars where it happened in the future and in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Galaxy far, far away. Exactly. So this is star Wars, except terrible. (laughs) It's Star Wars and Jurassic Park, but stupider. I, it doesn't make any sense either. Like you could come up with like a, a halfway believable plot because time is relative, you know, whatever. But that's not like you. you no. But you know what also <laughs> what I was thinking of in this movie, though? I was thinking, oh, they don't escape. They somehow become Adam uh, and Eve. And- yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I thought that at one point, but that that's even worse than what, what we actually got. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that's kind of maybe weird. Like, oh, this like forty year old guy is gonna marry this like eight year old. She's not eight, but I think she's like thirteen or something. Sure. And then they're gonna. Like, I don't know why I'm even saying that. It's still not. Doesn't, it doesn't help. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, they're gonna somehow become Adam and Eve, and this is how humans became. This is how humans got to Earth. Yeah, pretty much. And I was like, oh, that might be a slightly more interesting ending or story than the whatever we got. Except for the fact that it was 65 million years before humans. Because <laughs> also, like, they were able to send a distress signal and they they got it out there and they the, the home planet was like we got you we're sending we're sending someone to help you so like when they escaped they're like oh gosh we, we we got off this planet and luckily we're become people are coming to save us i think it would have been like a cooler trope if they had done something like like do you know what ring species are no so ring species are a a species of the same animal that by the time they've gone uh, like around a pool of water, for instance, like a giant lake, by the time the species that traveled all the way across the lake and got back to the original species, it's now incapable of breeding with that original species because they are too genetically distinct. And so that happens in nature all the time. You could do something similar with humans and with uh, planet Earth and say you have a, a, a species of humans that is able to travel intergalactically and they go around and they come back you know, millions of years into the future and they visit planet Earth, but it's no longer the planet Earth that they recognize. You know, This is kind of what the trope is in planet of the apes more or less yeah yeah okay um you could do something like that only in somehow in the 12 million years since humans left earth and now this one human has come back planet earth has now been taken over by like dinosaur like species (laughs) you know i thought that could be maybe what they were trying to do i don't know but then they make it very clear that it's a 65 million years ago in the past which makes no sense because they even like <laughs> the opening credits are like this movie is Adam Driver in 
the past. An alien lands on Earth 65 million years ago and finds... So he is an alien. Well, it's not... They don't say aliens, but they're like, this takes place 65 million years ago on Earth or something like that. That Wasn't that that what, like, the opening title was, whatever? Yeah. They, they they made like a big title sequence like reveal like it's it the the title starts off as 65 and then it transitions into 65 million years ago <laughs> as if yeah, as if anyone didn't already know that's what they were doing from yeah. the trailers alone and they could have there is something there that could have made this movie more engaging and more fun like if you had realized oh my god somehow i traveled into the past and now i have this mystery on top of the survival aspect like i not only have to get to this other part of the ship i also have to figure out how the fuck am i going to travel back into the future how am i going to what happens now that i do that impacts the future you know, like you have all of those like good, like crap, fun, classic ta- time travel things you can play with now. But that that they just completely ignore that. Yeah, I guess also like the the asteroid kind of messes with all of that stuff, too. Right. Because it's kind of it becomes like, oh, it's a ticking time clock where we have to get to the ship before the asteroid gets here instead of like anything else. Because mm-hmm. like now because the asteroid is going to destroy everything, you're unable to do any other story because the asteroid is just going to just kill everything, right? Like, you can't say, oh, like, if he accidentally, like, kills a pigeon, like, a, a some kind of crocodile-looking creature, and it's like, whoops, I guess that won't be in the, like, happening. And then that's like, oh, ha, 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 you know, kind of thing for us, right? Mm-hmm. But they can't do anything like that, or they can't do a lot of things because it's just like, oh, well, I guess we have to just escape and make it out alive. I kind of want to maybe switch over a little bit because I have a few more slight things that I wanted to say before we, we I, I'm done with my notes. So let me, I don't know. Anyways, the other thing I wanted to say was the language barrier between the yeah. two characters was so convenient. Oh, convenient. You know I mean? Interesting. Okay. Convenient. As in, okay, I guess now it's this it's this way. You know, like they set it up where it's like she can't understand him, he can't understand her at all. And they're somehow trying to communicate with each other. And there's like a little bit of a cute moment of like them walking and they're kind of, you know, communicating through like verbal cues and faces and different things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Or like tone of voice and stuff. However, then there's times where he's just like, oh, we're being surrounded. And then he turns to her and says, run. And then she immediately starts running, right? Or there's times where like she'll he'll say something and she just completely understands it and does exactly what he says. And yeah. it just felt like, all right, how come now she understands everything he's saying? Or how come another time she doesn't understand anything? Like the smallest detail, he had to like explain to her seven different ways to get the idea across where, you know, five seconds later he says something and she immediately understands it. Like, don't eat the berry kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which is also another thing. Sorry, this is going to go off. That going like off the convenient thing. There's so many things in it that's just like, they either sh- they, sh- they should have died the whole time. But also, when the little girl comes up with a... <laughs> with her stabby stabby eye her st- stick. Which is just like, okay, if you eat poison berries, it's not like a poison that's going to kill you if it touches your skin or something like that. Like, it seemed like, oh, the the berry poison berries got into his eye socket. Oh, the poison killed him. I don't know. That was kind of like a dumb thing as well. And there's so many parts of it. I was just like, this is just dumb. I don't know why they're like, yeah, this is such a cool thing. She has a stick with some berries on it that's poisonous. This is going to kill that T-Rex. Yeah. 
I didn't mind the the berry poisonous stick thing so much because at least that had a setup and a payoff. There are so many times where I felt like there was no setup and no payoff in this movie. But yeah, going back to the uh, to the language berry thing, I also thought that was really odd it was an odd choice but then also if they were going to go with this i feel like they could have really taken advantage of this and made this a part of the narrative she's teach he's teaching her like english words and she's teaching him other words from whatever language she's from and over the course of the movie they gain just enough vocabulary between each other to finally have that conversation at the end oh, your parents are dead. I'm sorry I lied. You know, we need to get off of here to survive. Please come with me now. But they don't, they never build it enough. And it never, it's never, we're not even on the planet long enough because I can't even tell how long we're on this planet. It feels like we're on a planet for like a day and a half, right? Like, yeah, it's not long enough to like teach somebody Two or three days, yeah, at max. And so like, I feel it, it could have been maybe better if this was like they're stuck on on this planet for like a few weeks, maybe, maybe that would have been better. And you could show that she's picking up things now she's learning English. And then you get the, to really develop, you know, him as well, because all we learn from this movie about him is that he loves his daughter and his daughter is dead. <laughs> That's literally all we learn about him. And he's, he's a good pilot, I guess. That's it. Even uh, though he crashed into a rock when he was sleeping. Well, technically that was the autopilot. But then that was another thing is that the sci-fi in this do not ever make sci-fi movies like this. Where the sci-fi is convenient and is the plot device pushing everything forward. Like you mentioned the berries. The, the reason we learn the berries is because he has that special random technology thing that tests food safety and then he has like an, another device for this new scene that we didn't see before that like is a proximity barrier and like it, it protects you it's like an alarm system and then we have this other thing that's like a gun that has like endless amounts of bullets until it doesn't have endless amounts of bullets like that was confusing too like that could have been another really like fun ticking time clock that they could have done is like oh we're stuck here and this was like you know this wasn't a mission with military in mind it was just a drop-off pickup kind of thing so they didn't have a lot of weaponry they only have like 50 rounds of bullets to protect them for the next however long they're stuck on this planet or something yeah, which you know. also doesn't make sense why he has like military stuff as well. Like, okay, he has grenades and guns and all this crazy stuff. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, Anyways. it also it really doesn't because it doesn't seem like there's like other aliens in the galaxy that are like trying to hunt them or anything. You know, it seems like they're like a sufficiently advanced society that more or less progressed past a lot of these failings like war. Yeah. You would think, but I guess not cuz they have he has a he has an AK15 from the future, AR15, whatever it is. Yeah. It's kind of felt like Batman's belt of like in the old mm-hmm. Adam West Batman show where he could just be like, "Oh, we have a bad guy, but luckily on my belt I have exactly the thing to counter that." <laughs> you know, it, that's what it kind of felt like. Right, but without the tongue in cheek like without any of the funness to it. Yeah, the satire. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I got. Do you have anything else that you want to say, Chase? Don't make movies like this. Perhaps we should never let these directors ever make another film. Oh, actually, one last thing I wanted to say, which is kind of a good thing. This movie was short. It was an hour and a half. Fair. Which I, is... I agree. 
I'm I'm glad I didn't have to sit through it any longer than, than that. And I think that is a good takeout takeaway for this, even though I'm giving it my takeout takeaway before we I give my impressions. But I think it's kind of uh, easy to guess what I'm going to say. But for my takeout takeaway, I would say I do like this. I said it before, how movies are like kind of somewhat shorter. And in an hour and a half, it felt like even if it's a bad film, you can walk away and say, you know what? I'm okay with it because I just watched a bad film, but at least it wasn't two and a half hours. Like I still could get back home and have the rest of my night and, and actually enjoy something. I couldn't have done that if I was watching a two, three hour film. Agreed. So that's my takeout takeaway. That's a good takeout takeaway. Very delicious. Thank you. Now let's get into our concession impressions for this film, 65. What, what do you give it, Chase? What's your What's your... I give it moldy raisinets. I would say just raisinets. Straight up raisinets. Ooh, I had hope for this film. Raisinets made of poison berries. <laughs> raisinets made from the poison berries on Earth? Yes. That's what I give it. Okay. That's kind of it. That's all I'll say. This is kind of... It's, it's purely raisinets. I will tell you this. If you haven't watched this film yet and you're watch, listening to this review... And you're thinking, should I go watch this film? Don't watch it. Skip it. Watch something else. Anything else. Well, not anything else, but anything a little better than this. Listen to some of our other recent episodes and think about, oh, maybe I should watch that instead. Because I think compared to some other films we watched recently, this is definitely has been like kind of a sad one. Which I'm also really sad because I kind of had some hope for it because it had like Sam Raimi producing and Adam Driver. And I kind of was hoping it could have been some kind of sleeper hit or something like that mm-hmm. but i guess the trailer itself didn't really look at that super enticing anyway so no the trailer anyways. looked really cheap which... yeah which i guess the the, fa- the visual effects a lot of it looks like it's in rain and at, at night so i thought oh they're trying to like hide their visual effects through darkness however i was like no they actually really had some good visual effects they should have showed off some of those cooler scenes i guess they didn't and you know whatever doesn't matter anyways because this movie kind of sucks so anyways that's all i gotta say anything chase any any last comments nope i'm done thinking about this movie make better movies people perfect okay well so that is the episode for the movie 65 if you enjoyed listening to us bash on this movie then uh you know give us a, a like or review us on on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this episode on and uh, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Film Cookbook. Where we have some really cool things, cooler things than this movie was doing. That's it for this week. And we'll see you all in another episode of Concession Impressions. Bye. Bye. Bye.